Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today for episode 177. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, pounding his chest pretty hard right now, my guy Evan Wanish, rocking the Phillies jersey. What's going on, man? Nothing. So there's a backstory behind it. It's um, so that you don't uh, do laundry. That and that, so I wore this on opening day, and the Phillies won. And then I wore it on Saturday, and the Phillies won. And then I wore it yesterday, and the Phillies won. So basically, I have to keep wearing this until they lose. And they're playing right now. They're playing the Mets. So Matt Matera, suck it, okay? The, the, Mets, so, the, the Mets do not want this smoke. Now, do you strictly have to wear it on game days? Is it an everyday kind of deal? Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a game day. It's a game okay. day thing. All but right, with baseball, sure. I mean, you're basically playing every day anyway. So, Right. I just want to make sure you're not sweating through it because at a certain point, it sounds disrespectful. But believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a little bit to talk about today. Top of our agenda is wide receiver Antonio Brown. We're just a couple weeks away from the NFL draft, and Antonio Brown has yet to be signed by Tampa Bay. There's a lot of reports coming out over the last week that we're going to catch you up on. One of the many is that the Bucks and AB are not in a similar headspace when it comes to that price. They haven't really been able to hammer out a deal just yet. And obviously the Bucks have made it clear that they are, you know, pretty good at doing that so far, this free agency. So so what's the hold up here? We know that, you know, Antonio Brown, we talked about before how there might be some interest from other teams. He's one of those guys that you're not really sure if a team wants to take a chance on him because you don't know what the market looks like. You heard about Seattle, Russell Wilson really saying that he wants to make a run at AB. And then there's a report to kind of add fuel to the fire of all these other reports is that, well, Seattle hasn't really made a strong push. And then it you know, begs the question I just brought up. Is Seattle one of those teams that's kind of waiting around to find out what's going to happen? Um, like, it seems like, from an outside perspective, he's trying to barter his price a little bit higher than it is, but you know, nobody really knows. And we're not going to find out until we really know and pen is put to paper, but what's going on with Antonio Brown, Evan? Yeah. I think a lot of this stems from just how much do you trust the guy? And um, it, it, I think it's clear that a lot of the NFL does, doesn't necessarily have complete trust in him or else I think he'd be signed by now. I mean, you're talking about a guy that put up over 400 yards uh, and I believe what four touchdowns in, in the regular season with half of the season. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, a, a really productive player, but he's a productive player that comes with baggage and he's also what 32 years old. So uh, th- there's definitely, you know, it's not just as clear cut as you would think. So I, I, I mean, based on that report, like, you know, you, you see some guys get, seven eight million dollars a year maybe brown's asking for that and the bucks are at three four million dollars maybe with not much guarantees uh, i i don't i don't know but if i had to guess i would say that's the 
sort of the the spot I, I would guess. Uh, I think Seattle, any team that gets involved, is going to be in the same spot almost. So I, I think it's really going to come down to how long is Antonio Brown willing to wait, or waiting for that perfect offer until he just caves in and signs with somebody, whether that's Tampa Bay, whether that's Seattle, whether that's Baltimore, um, you know, teams like that. How long until he just decides, hey, you know, like whatever, just end it and, you know, we get, get a team, you get a one-year deal, stay clean, right, stay out of trouble for a year, hit the market next year when that salary cap is skyrocketing, have another productive year, and then you can get, you know, you'll, you'll be 33, 34 by then, but you can get maybe a two-year deal to close out your career for 10, 11 mil a year maybe. That's, you know, it's a nice little payday. And that's the thing. You got to look at the point of view of Antonio Brown. I mean, the guy's just coming off of a Super Bowl. He, he's pretty instrumental to how this offense was able to run later on in the season. He, he fit in quite well. He's obviously got that natural chemistry with Tom Brady. So like for him, it makes sense for him to hold out, wait a little bit longer, try and drive his price up. Because like you had mentioned in two more years, you know, depending on where he ends up signing, he's 34 years old. And listen, I know he's 32 oh. and he is able to bring what uh, bring to the table what he did. Like he's still right. athletic as ever. He's still a great wide receiver and he could probably be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams in the NFL, but it's kind of like, you know, high risk, high reward. If you wait two more years and you really show out in Tampa Bay or wherever you end up signing is a team going to pay a 34 year old wide receiver what he thinks he's worth. So I, I kind of get, you know, that aspect of it. But again, that's just where it becomes a waiting game, because as we brought up before, you don't really know what this market looks like. Have we heard of any other teams that might be interested other than Seattle or no? No, I mean, I just I, I listed Baltimore there because I think Baltimore had some interest in him when he was coming back from suspension. Um, I haven't heard anything else. I mean, Kansas City, maybe. I mean, I think they just didn't they just bring back to Marcus Robinson, I think. Yeah. So maybe not. Um, Green Bay still, maybe they haven't signed. I don't know if they signed a single free agent. Um, other than that, can't really think of anything else. If you want me honest, um, I think it would have to be a very specific situation. I think Antonio Brown wants to keep winning. So I think it's going to have to be a title contender. Uh, with a good quarterback, not any question marks really at quarterback. And all those teams I just listed really don't have any questions at quarterback. So um, I guess that I, if I had to guess, I would say the three most likely teams are Tampa Bay, Seattle, and, and Baltimore. And I just I still have the feeling that at the end of the day, he's going to return to Tampa. Um, I, just, I just have a feeling. It'll, I, I think it'll be soon. I, I think you were, we're coming to a close. I'm not saying it's going to happen this week, but – uh, I think it'll be before the draft that, or, or maybe, maybe it won't be. And a lot of teams are maybe looking at how the draft turns out for them. Maybe, maybe, you know, if Baltimore or Seattle can't land a wide receiver where they want, do they then go out after the draft and say, Hey, we'll give you, you know, 5 million and all of it's guaranteed. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the, the bucks have an eye on a wide receiver in a, you know, second or third round that they think, Oh, this guy is, you know, can fit our offense perfect. He's a clear up grade for maybe he's younger, all that. And they don't get him. Do they come back and say, okay, like, we'll, we'll do that. But if I had to guess, I would say it's going to be before the draft. I think they want him locked up. I think, I think they want him back. I think Antonio Brown wants to be back. So uh, I, I do think that um, that'll end up returning at the end of the day. Yeah. And really quick shout out to one of our moderators, our guy, Kevin five, two, two. He chimes in and says, AB will probably end up signing after the draft. And, and I, you know, can't be scared of that theory um, because we've talked about the possibility of certain signings taking a long time. I know we talked about Indomitus Sue, you know, the Bucks made that announcement official today. We talked about it last week, but we kind of expected him to take a little bit longer. So it's no surprise here when you're in a situation like AB, it's going to take time. And uh, I will tell you, he definitely seems like he wants to make it work. We haven't mentioned yet, but the Bucks put out a uh, social media post saying that, you know, they've successfully re-signed all 22 of their starters. I think the first NFL team to do that since, what, 1974 coming off of the 70, Super Bowl? 77, I think, or 79. Back in the 70s. Back yeah, definitely in the 70s. Relevant. It was in the 70s. So basically, uh, for the first time since the Bucks have been relevant, they're the first team in a while to sign all 22 starters off of a Super Bowl victory. Well, AB is top comment on that post on Instagram right now, and he just commented, sign AB. And uh, linebacker Devin White chimed back in. He reminded him that basically the Bucks are waiting on him 
So, right. you know, it kind of <laughs> goes back to what we had talked about with that discussion of what his price would be. And it seems like the ball is in his court, but he's really trying to make this work. Yeah, I think both sides are. And that's why I think ultimately it gets done. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, I just don't, it's pretty cut and dry. I think it's, it's just about meeting in the middle right now. And I think eventually they will. So yeah. um, we had something in the chat from, from Lane Johnston. It's a, it's a draft question, which let me say one thing though. It's it's hard to believe that the draft is like almost like three weeks away. Yeah, like it's just it it's like that's insane to me. Um, I just I I can't literally. Time is like fake, I guess. Like I get maybe that's what that's what happens when like I mean, and the same thing with free agency. Like when you're playing so far like deep into the playoffs, your season's over, and then next thing you know, the parade happens, and then it dies down, and it's mid February already. Yeah. So, like it literally, it, it's not something you're used to. So I can't believe the draft is is this month. It is quickly approaching. We'll have a lot of coverage starting probably next week. We'll have a lot, a lot, ton of graph. Yeah ton of draft coverage where i can hopefully you know actually say words right so uh he said guys i got a question or statement every time i try to watch film of javante williams the other running back looks better with better hands your thoughts on michael carter i i I like michael carter um i like williams slightly better i just think williams has a higher ceiling than than carter but i think they're both good backs uh williams you'd probably have to pick a 32 if you wanted him maybe you could move back if you want to move back a few picks pick up an extra pick or two and then pick him but i don't think he's gonna last very long in the second round uh, michael carter is a guy who could be in play if they were to not pick a running back in the first round i i think if you know if they're sitting there at 64 i could see them picking a guy like michael carter i, I think he he could be a solid fit for the offense um I just think Javante Williams is the better back right now and he has the better ceiling, but I definitely think Michael Carter could contribute. I just don't know. I, I think there are some better options, but I mean, he's not the worst option for sure. Checking back into the live chat, our guy Adam Bubb says, what's up? And Fresh the Killer says, Kadarius Tony is a beast. What are your guys' thoughts on him? This big wide receiver out of the University of Florida. And I know we talked about the possibility of the Bucks taking a wide receiver at 32 first. Do you think he ends up being there? And second, if he is, is he a guy on the Bucks board? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be there. I, I really don't. There's a there's a few wide receiver needy teams in front of the Bucks. I'm not saying the Bucks are a wide receiver needy team, but there are a few of them, like the the Saints, uh, the Packers. Uh, there's there's some there's some teams there that uh, that could use a receiver. And uh, I mean, Baltimore, it's like we just talked about, um, they could use a wide receiver. So does he make sense there? I, I think he makes sense in a lot of those spots. I'm not sure if he makes it to 32. If he does, it would be interesting because to me, I don't know exactly how, how well he fits because of his size. He, he's a smaller receiver where they seem to like the, the mold of a Chris Godwin slash Tyler Johnson, like that, you know, six, two or so can block a little bit. Uh, they, they seem to like those guys. And I could believe Kadarius Tony is five eleven or something like that. Um, Scotty Miller's obviously smaller, but he's only used for really one thing. You'd be asking Kadarius Tony to do a lot more than just one thing. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, and I mean, if you were to pick him, you would assume that, that would mean that, this is likely Chris Godwin's last year in Tampa, which I've suspected a little bit, which is why we even had discussions at, at picking a wide receiver at 32. Um, if that happens, you guys can be excited about this year for having, you know, oh, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Kadarius Tony, uh, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, but you also have to face the reality that that pick likely means the Bucks know Godwin won't be there next year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's kind of the angle. You know, I know we talked about the Antonio Brown deal possibly getting done before the draft, and if it does, I think it answers a lot of questions about what they would do with 32 in regards to picking a wide receiver. But let's say it doesn't. Let's say they're without Antonio Brown and you still got Chris Godwin probably going to hit the market next year. You know, it just it opens the door a little bit. But I think the Antonio Brown deal and ultimately what they think Chris Godwin's going to do, which at this point we both kind of think he's just going to take his money and walk elsewhere. Um, So I, I will say that if they end up signing Antonio Brown, you know, maybe you could still take a wide receiver at 32. I don't know if right. it's a guy like I, Tony, I but, you know, when you're still faced with the reality of Chris Godwin getting paid a lot of money next year, it's 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 still a way to address the position that you're going to need to get to eventually. And if you yeah. re-sign a guy like Antonio Brown to two years, you know, A.B. is not that bad of a wide receiver, too, in this league. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
the vortex said, do you guys prefer Tony or Rondell Moore? Both two incredible athletes that could really be special in the slot. Uh, well, the, the bug slot wide receiver is Chris Godwin. Um, he plays in this, this, this offense, a slot wide receiver is not your typical slot wide receiver. It's not like a new England where he's, you know, five ten and can, you know, really have some speed uh, in a Bruce Arians offense. Your slot wide receiver has to block and he has to be a bigger body. And uh, they asked their slot wide receivers to do a lot, which is why Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona all the years was so productive in Bruce Arians offense. He was willing to do it. And then Chris Godwin moved right into that Larry Fitzgerald role. So uh, I think Chris Godwin will remain in that role. Uh, Tony, like I said, he's a first-round guy, but Rondell Moore, maybe he makes it to 64, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't think it's likely, but maybe. If he does, I mean, he is an exciting player. Um, uh, you know, he's he's a smaller guy, too. He's he's a he's a quick guy. Uh, I think his, his ceiling is, is definitely very high, but I just don't know if he makes it to 64, and I also wouldn't really be comfortable picking that type of player at 32. So, a couple more um, shout outs in the live chat, really quickly. Our guys, Chase, Frank, G, checking in. What's going on, fellas? Didn't say hey earlier, but we did now. Let me ask you one more question about Antonio Brown before we kind of look at some of the statements made by Bruce Arians and Jason Light this week. Um, somebody had brought up a great point on Twitter when we had posted this link. Um, you know, we talked about Antonio Brown being in a position where he does want to up his price. He he wants to, you know, cash out as much as he can because potentially it's the last big multi-year contract he can sign in his career. Now, with the market being murky because of off-the-field stuff, you don't really know what that looks like. But I also think what it's going to come down to, if he ends up staying in Tampa Bay, is how badly he wants to play with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, in the short amount of time that they've played together, He's already taken him to the pinnacle, already got him his ring, right? He, he basically brought him back into the NFL, and he, he's been a great addition to this team since then. But, you know, I think the option's there for him to take less money to stick around in Tampa Bay and obviously keep playing with TB12, who is showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah, I mean, but it also, to me, that begs the question is, does he then think of it as, well, I finally did this. Now let me go see if let me go prove that I can do it with somebody else now. Right. Right. Let, let me go prove that, you know, like Tom Brady's great, but it's not all Tom Brady. Like it's, it's still me. It's a B and we, we know the type of ego he has and the person he is. So, you know um, so maybe he looks at it as look, I got my ring. Sure. But I, I can prove that I can do this. Like I can. Um, so maybe who knows? I mean, I do think if, if he comes back to Tampa Bay, it's not going to be at seven, $8 million a year. Oh, no way. I just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it. Um, unless they're you using voidable the, years. Which yeah, I was going to say, if you if think he, the bucks have some fun and just give them, you know, no, four voidable years. No, you, you see like, that's how you get in trouble. Like the saints, everybody says, Oh, we're going to, you know, going to be like the saints in, in two, three years. No, they're not unless they do some dumb stuff like give voidable years to a 32 year old Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but I, I, I think it's the bugs are sticking to their price. I, I think they're sticking to their price because they know that like, they're one of the few teams that are actually interested in them. Like, it's not like there's 10 teams knocking down his door right now. This isn't a bidding war situation. So, right. um, Kevin asks, are you guys going to do a live draft special first round, of course, or just a post-draft overview? So Probably both. Yeah, well, I, I remember last year you you were live on James's channel. Yeah. It's a lot different when you're picking in the early teens as opposed to 32. Yeah, yeah, 32. <laughs> uh, we might not have a lot of people up. That's going to be like probably 11.45, midnight probably. On a, so, on a school night too, right? Normally yeah, first yeah, night of the draft's it, on Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday, yeah, so it's not not even Friday. Um, so, I mean, probably – I don't know about – uh, about for the first like live first round, but we'll definitely be doing some like post draft stuff, you know, when it's all said and done. I can sure. tell you that our buddy, I think it's almost guaranteed that our buddy James, uh, Mr. Bucks Nation here on YouTube is going to be live streaming. Well, yeah, you're more, you're more, if you text James at 9 a.m., you're more likely to receive a text back at 3 a.m. than you are at by like noon. Yeah, you're, you're more likely receive a text back at the the most random hour of the night or in the morning 
and because I, I don't know what his sleep schedule is, but it's incredibly weird. That's just, that's James, man. The guy is nocturnal. And I feel like if you're, you know, a hundred percent full-time content creator, at least you're balling, you know, 10 K subs like James is when you're on that level, your sleep schedule sleep is for the week. Uh, what did Steve Harvey say in that motivational video that pops up everywhere every now yeah, and then? Rich they, people don't sleep eight hours a day. Yeah, because people on the West Coast, well, people on the West Coast have to wake up because the East Coast is already making money, right? Yeah, yeah there we go. So, James on the East Coast, though, so he's good. Biz610 says, greetings, gentlemen. How you doing, my friend? Adam Bubb says he'll be there if we are. Maybe. Definitely, that, maybe. We'll appreciate it, though. I appreciate the, I appreciate the, uh, the dedication, for yeah. sure. So Todd E. Oaks has a question. Yes. And the uh, I yes. know you're ready to get into this one. After this, we'll kind of transition into maybe a little bit more of the draft. But I know Bruce Arians had made a couple of comments about the draft last week. We'll talk about those in a minute. But Todd's question is, what do you think of the Buccaneers drafting Jamie Newman from Wake Forest? The answer is yes. And so <laughs> here, here's a here's the thing. Um, uh, I uh, so full disclosure, I had literally. I think I saved the tweet actually the the night of the draft the night of the the last few few rounds um I like right after I don't even know I don't even know if I say that oh I did cool so the night the the draft was over right 7 47 p.m on April 25th, 2020. So the draft literally maybe was over for probably, I don't know, like a half hour, 20, like 20 minutes. And I said, yes, I just did a mock simulation for the Bucks for 2021. And yes, I just gave them Jamie Newman, the future at QB after Tom Brady. That should tell you all the, what I think about Jamie Newman. Um, so here's the story. He played at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia this year but opted out of the season because of all the, all the COVID stuff. So he was supposed to play in Georgia with Todd Munkin's offense, mm. man. Oh man, that would have been fun. Uh, yeah. And instead he didn't play at all. And um, instead he didn't play at all. Obviously his draft stock did not improve at all. And it's actually it seems to be going down a little bit, to be honest. Um, it, it, it seems to be, really plummeting which i don't know I, I i'm not sure if he's had his pro day yet or not but uh he's got a live arm he's got a good size good build um i i think if you're looking he's definitely not ready um you know so this situation this type of situation is perfect for him uh, if he can sit two years but i would definitely you know if he's there in the fifth round do it yeah, absolutely do it um so yeah i'm a, i'm a big jamie newman fan I, I i literally texted a buddy of mine the right after when the draft was over last year and i was like keep an eye on jamie newman man so i i keep an eye on him he's got good mobility great size uh you know he like i said he's tall he can throw the deep ball needs some work with his mechanics his his throwing motion is weird and I can't describe it because that's how weird it is. You so, just got to look at it, kind of. I don't know if you were checking it out. Uh, Dan Orlovsky was on Pat McAfee's show this week and he basically explained the difference between like an orthodox throwing motion and an unorthodox throwing motion that, you know, a lot of scouts look at and it makes them question a guy's mechanics. Um, and I guess all of it, if you're watching on video, all of it has to do with the bend of the elbow, just okay. like this. And I mean, okay. I, you know, obviously I'm not a top quarterback scout, but. Well, I am. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That's there fine. you go. Yeah. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. caught that, but it's pretty interesting if you guys haven't gotten it. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of Orlovsky, but he was, he was pretty good on McAfee this week. Okay. I, I, I have not caught it, but um, yeah, like I said, if you guys want to go and see what I'm talking about, if you look, it's just, it's slightly, it's just a little strange. That's all. It's just, it's not like a normal, completely normal uh, throwing motion. So um. Yeah, but yes, to, to answer that question, that long-winded answer, absolutely. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in this class. He's not the best. I'll, I'll admit that. He's not like – it's not like I have him as QB3. Like, I have him more, like, respectable. But um, I'd feel better taking Jamie Newman in the fifth round than I would taking Kyle Trask in the second round. Like, yeah. I would feel much better. Oh, yeah. Not too long ago, I got a care package sent to me from the newest sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast – our guys over at Sunday Scaries. 
It is a marketplace that provides stress relief products with a wide selection of CBD gummies, vitamins, and much more. And listen, I, I know we've all had trouble sleeping before, and if you're like me at all, sometimes it sucks ass trying to finally fall asleep. The company offers 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, get your money back, no questions asked. For 25% off of your order, visit sundayscaries.com. Use our promo code CANON for your discount. That's promo code CANON, C-A-N-N-O-N, for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. Sleep better with the help of our guys at Sunday Scaries. Now, speaking of Kyle Trask, I guess we can kind of get into what was talked about. First things first, Bruce Arians and Jason Light sat down with the media last week, and B.A. kind of opened the door for, I don't know, different possibilities of what could happen at 32. He basically said something along the lines of, listen, if the right guy is there, we're going to get him. Uh, and he didn't shy away from how that might involve a quarterback. What are your thoughts, Evan? Yeah, I mean, sure. You know, Trey Lance will be a great fit. The only problem <laughs> is he's not going to be there. That's, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just to, just to clear it up for anybody who's curious in the chat, you are not a Kyle Trask guy at all. Not really. I just, I, I, I don't, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, you had a great year at Florida and this and that and that. Look, it's all about like traits and stuff. And, and like, I just look at him and like his ceiling to me is like Alex Smith, like that, like, like a solid starter. That's a see, like, that's like the best possible scenario. I think for Kyle Trask, yeah. that's not even what I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a career backup like a career, just a decent backup that can maybe win you a game or two, but like a backup nonetheless. I, I just don't really see it. And then, you know, he has Kyle Pitts there and Pitts catches everything and Kadarius Tony, you know, like he, he had a lot of talent on that Florida team. So he had a great year, but he also had a ton of talent. So um, uh, Ben Leeper said, I still like Mond the most as a developmental guy. I've seen him mocked as high as the second recently though. Yeah. Mond's uh, Mond's draft stock. Yeah. You can, I, I like Kellen Mond, but there's a reason I've been on Jamie Newman because Kellen Mond, I've Kellen Mond ranked ahead of Newman, but um, there's a reason that I've not even talked about Mond. You can forget about him uh, unless they're picking him at 64. I don't think he's going to be there in, in, even in the third round. So um, his stock has really been rising. I think a team maybe like New England, um, maybe a team like Washington, I, I could definitely see a team like that picking him. So I just, yeah, I, I don't think Kelman is going to be there. Uh, another Todd's is sign AB. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. A lot of, there's a, there's a few sign ABs in, in the chat here. So, oh, yeah, man. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because let's just talk about it one more time to kind of put a cap on it. The whole Antonio Brown thing, when this discussion first started, we did an episode that talked about the futures of Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, and we felt a hell of a lot better about AB coming back than we did Leonard Fournette. Um, and, and obviously, Leonard Fournette comes back on a on a team-friendly deal. He talked about how there were other teams that reached out to him. Tampa Bay humbled him a little bit, quote-unquote, and he took less to stay here ultimately. But... Um, I mean, as far as A.B. goes, I still kind of have that good-ish feeling that, that he'll end up being back in Tampa Bay. I know Leonard Fournette was a different story, and listen, you can't win them all, but I still think A.B. comes back, and I still think it's the right move for Tampa. Yeah, it, I, I, just, I, I think you can't keep everybody, but I, I, I do think that you know Brown will come back. It, it, it's funny, yeah, like you said, it's that was like two weeks ago we were talking about that. We are like, eh, yeah, I think – think Brown's going to be back. think Fournette's not like him. Like it's just, it's funny what a difference two weeks makes. So um, I definitely didn't expect to have them sign Fournette by now. Like I, I still kind of thought, you know, with, with a possibility of playoff Lenny hitting the road right now, we still wouldn't know if he's coming back or not. Yeah. I mean, if you look, there's a lot of free agents out there still, oh, I yeah. mean, a ton. And a lot of it obviously has to do with the salary cap. Uh, I, I was sort of expecting that. Um, like a guy like as far as running backs go, like James Conner. Um, hey, NFL God 99. Thanks a lot, man. Two dollars going to the Wendy's Fund. He says he tries to donate every stream. You're the man, brother. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support. Welcome to the stream. Glad to see you tuned in tonight. Um, so, uh, I lost my train of thought. NFL God, 
NFL guy with the donation. That's what money does to Evan. Right? Listen, he, he, he'll, you think he's listening to you, and then you you know you mention some sort of uh, some sort of compensation. His ears perk up perk up a little bit. But I mean, even if he really has a point he's trying to make, and you mention a little bit of money over there, even if it's a buck ninety nine from our guy NFL God, he totally just derails himself. Got a whole lot of money, whole lot of money. Got a you know, whole that that makes sense, don't it? It makes it makes sense, and I would use that song. It makes sense, I would use that song. Chase makes a good point about uh, about playoff Lenny. I think that's who we were talking about before we got interrupted. Um, I'm just I'm just messing. Uh, but Chase brings up a good point. He says I need to see playoff Lenny in the regular season, and and that's kind of where I am with it. Like I remember when the move was made. You know, obviously, I wasn't super excited. I kind of put my chips in the pile of him not being here, and that's fine. Listen, I'll own up to it. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. And one of the things that I said is that he can take his three and a half yards per carry and go play somewhere else. Now, am I happy that he's back? Yes. I'll probably buy a playoff Lenny t-shirt because that playoff run was astounding. I want to get one of the hats. Yeah, there you go. You're a hat kind of guy. But listen, man, like... I need to see it show up in the regular season. He had that one big run against the Panthers. He had a couple of other okay runs, but I mean, what did he do in the regular season other than almost get cut? You know, and it's I was a, just it's about a, to say that it's a fair and honest take. Like what did he give us in the regular season before he was ultimately humbled, almost cut and thrust into a, uh, you know, a, an RB one role because Ronald Jones kind of, kind of fell out at the end of the season. Yeah. I know. I mean, Ben Leeper actually comes up with a, great point here he said do you guys think lenny's lack of regular season production was just him trying to get used to the offense or just simply trying harder in the playoffs while well, every player is the intensity level in the playoffs is going to be just go through the roof right so as everybody knows could be your last game so you got to go balls to the wall um yeah you know, I, I i do think um I, I do think part of it is that that he's just giving more of an effort in in the postseason Every player gives more of an effort in the postseason. Uh, I'm not just saying that is oh he doesn't care. He does care, but every player is going to give more no, of an it's, effort. It's a you're going to you're going to see yeah every the, those games game, just mean so see, much more. Yeah, you're you're going to see the best that uh, the other team has to offer. So you got to give your best. Um, a little bit of it is maybe you know the first the first like six six seven weeks I would say you know I'd use the getting used to the offense thing. I I know he missed some time. I think what he didn't he didn't play in the Green Bay game. I don't think. I think he missed the Green Bay game. Um, but uh, you know, I, I missed some time. But um, you mean the regular season game? Yeah, 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 yeah. the regular season. Yeah, uh, because I know he missed he missed some time in, in midway through, and then and then uh, obviously it was scratched later on. But I just he just wasn't like I mean you're talking late in the year and he still wasn't that great. Like I mean you're you're talking weeks after weeks ten or so like he. It wasn't that great. And then he had just had, yeah, he had a solid playoff run. Like I think I, I wouldn't oversimplify it. Like he, yeah. you know, he, he had a, yeah, regular season, good playoff run. That's what it is. I mean, if, if you get that from him again next year, you're going to be fine. And he'll probably, he'll walk, but you know, who cares? I will also say that, that Fournette's role in this offense might change a little bit next year, depending on how the Bucks address that last running back spot, depending yep. on who they sign. We've heard a little bit coming out of uh, Fournette's camp about how he is catching a shit ton of passes every single day. And I, I think you hear that. Are you are you his agent or something? Yeah, right, right. No, that's just <laughs> a little bit of rumbling I had seen here and there. Ah, um, scoop, but I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think it's hard to believe. Um, I don't think it's hard to believe that they might try and, you know, throw Leonard Fournette the ball a little bit more than they would a guy like Ronald Jones next season. Yeah, I I, don't, I just, yeah, it, to me, it all depends on what, who's that last running back, right? Who's, who's, who's that last? What have you who done is for that me lately? Yeah. I mean, who, who's, who's that last running back? Is it Najee oh, Harris? Because right. if it's Najee Harris, like <laughs> Leonard Fournette might not see many snaps. If, you know, is it Travis Etienne? If it's Travis Etienne, Leonard Fournette might not see many snaps. Um, but what if, if it's, it's not a, any of those guys and they just kind of sign a free agent, you know? I would be pretty surprised if they sign a free agent um, for, over for over cheap on the vet overdraft to replace over, Sean McCoy overdrafting a running back. Cause I, I think they literally, you sign a free agent. You have three, you have one running back on the roster next year Yeah, set. So if you sign a free agent for, it's going to be a one year deal. So if you sign a free agent next year, under contract, you have one running back. 
I just I don't know if they want to do that. So I would guess yeah. that at some point they're going to draft a running back. And I think it all depends on who that running back is, is whether I think Leonard Fournette could receive more pass catching opportunities. I mean, he's a better pass catcher than Ronald Jones. But yeah. that's not oh, saying sure. much. Um, well, you know, I, ben, ben I made a good point. He said, "Listen, Ronald Jones." So. Ben made a good point. He said, "Listen, to play devil's advocate, we heard that Ronald Jones was working on his hands last season, and look how that one turned out." <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, a good draft question from Vortex regarding that running back position: Who is your guys' favorite option at running back in the draft? Where do you think we should pick a back? I think we've talked extensively about taking a guy thirty-two. We know kind of the mainstays there, but. You know, let's look at second and third round because you said it wouldn't shock you if the Bucks go and look at running backs there. Are there any guys that jump out to you uh, that you still think could be good pickups for Tampa Bay? Well, like we talked about Michael Carter from UNC. We talked about him. Um, and then Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, one of my favorite guys. I saw it. Uh, <laughs> Ken, 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 Kenneth Gainwell from – stop. Ken, Kenneth Gainwell from – I didn't, I didn't from, say anything. From, <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> You're, yeah, you're acting like a uh, <laughs> uh, um, Kenneth Gainwell from uh, uh, from Memphis. Um, I'm all flabbergasted. Oh, take now. your time. Take your time. Take a deep and breath. And then, uh, well, also, I mean, Jared Patterson from Buffalo. Uh, he's not a, a second or third round guy. I think he's more of a, a fourth round type type guy. But I think he's actually pretty underrated. Um, and I think. He's uh he's a solid running back, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I would I would just I would expect him to pick one early and in the definitely in the first four rounds. That is, and I mean Bruce Arians didn't rule it out completely. Um, I mean he was asked like, literally, does the signing of Leonard Fournette like does it mean that you're not going to draft a running back at 32 if a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne is there? And he said like no, like that's not going to change it. So I mean they didn't use those names obviously, but um, if if ETN or Harris is there and most and everybody else that's expected to be gone is gone and ETN or Harris is there. They should be the pick. Yeah. Um, if it like a Jalen Phillips is there, which he's not going to be, I promise you um, his stock has completely skyrocketed. I it wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Phillips went as high as like 10 at this point. Um, but if he's there, then obviously I would take, the defensive end over the running back, but assuming that everybody that's supposed to be gone is gone and Harris and ETN are the ones available, I would choose, I would choose one of them. So uh, Vortex does say I'd even take a late round flyer on a guy like Puka Williams. Yeah. Puka's a fun player. Um, I, I, like I said, I think he's another guy you could get maybe in that fourth, fifth round. Uh, like I, I keep reminding a lot of people, a big thing to remember with this draft the Bucks are picking so late that their picks are essentially picking for the the next round. Yeah. You're, you're essentially you're, you're, your second round pick at 64 is pretty much all going to have a third, fourth, fifth round rate on those guys that are going to be available. Exactly. And it also allows them to pick some out of the box things. So don't be surprised if their third round pick is a guy you've never heard of. Like, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. So, um, our guy, H.A. Hey, Piz Jugs, Dalton checking in. What's Dalton, going on, buddy? Yeah, what's up, buddy? Guys. Uh, Emily. Compagno, Compagno, I think, I, I don't know if I said that correctly, but Emily says, hi guys, was very high on Antonio Brown, but I'm starting to think he really does not want to be here. As much as I would love to see him play for us, I'm starting to doubt, question mark. Uh, we kind of, we, we covered most of it at the top of the show, but I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the holdup with Antonio Brown is he just wants to see how much money he can ultimately end up being paid. I think there's a choice to be made of, you know, how much he wants to play with Tom Brady and if he'll take a little bit less to stay in Tampa Bay because, Obviously, due to these reports, the Bucks don't have the money to pay him what he really wants to be paid. But the fact that his market is murky and you don't really know what other teams want to pay for him. You heard about Russell Wilson trying to make a push for him in Seattle, and, and that hasn't really gone anywhere. So it's kind of a wait and see period for everybody involved between Antonio Brown, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and any other team that might have interest in him at this point. Yeah, exactly. I just I. I mean, she said, do, do you want to be here? We, we've talked about it, you know, like it seems like he wants to be here. And I think there is mutual interest there for sure. Yeah. But also like he, he would like to get paid a little bit. Like he's not looking for top money. He realizes that, but he'd like to get paid. Um, Kevin says Gainwell is the best pass catching running back in this draft class, but he's an early to mid third round pick. So Bucks may have to overdraft him a bit or maneuver a bit. I, like I said, like I said, what's the difference between picking him at 64 and picking him in the, in the, 
mid third round. Like it's the same thing. It yeah. it is. I would have no issues picking Kenneth Gainwell at sixty four. He's totally worth it. Um, it is the same exact thing. So, um, what's up, guys? Is it, Sam Darnold a threat in the AFC South? Well, I don't know. It, it, listen, listen. I, I wanted to bring this up. A <laughs> couple of moves being made today by some NFC South rivals. Carolina Panthers traded a couple of picks. A little bit of a. Uh, you you know, speaking of picks. Oh, they, <laughs> oh they, I, I, it, it took me a second. They, my my brain kind of flatted out. Uh, they get Sam Darnold from the Jets, and that trade pretty Darnold. much shores up that the first three picks in the draft are going to be quarterbacks. But Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, obviously, I think it means they're ready to move on from Teddy Bridgewater because right. he's going to be looking to start somewhere else. Listen, I know if he's that, if if he's cut, does he come to Tampa as the backup? I don't think he goes anywhere as a backup. I think he'll end up in like Denver. I mean, maybe, but I'm just saying, if, he, if he's cut, does he go to Tampa as the backup? Who the hell knows, man, at this point. I don't know. But Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers in that offense up there, I will say that Sam Darnold needed to get out of New York. I think any player that can get out of the Jets organization kind of needs to. Yeah. Um, He's a guy that over three years in the NFL has like 10 career plays, it seems like, but it also seems like the consensus for a guy like Donald is that he's a little bit underrated. Now, obviously I don't know how that turns out for the Panthers. He's a guy who has thrown interceptions like you brought up. So I don't know if it means they're an immediate threat. I think, you know, they're an eight and nine team since I have to say that now, nobody can go eight and eight anymore. I think they're an eight and nine team. (laughs) But, um, you know, still competing for third place in the division, but I I don't know. I'd like to see Donald do well, but, you really, you really don't know. He does have some good wide receivers, though. Our buddy Dalton says, I'd buy the eye patch from the new CFP logo if that's ever an option. Gee, I wonder if it's ever going to be an option, right? Listen, uh, hey, quit, <laughs> quit, quit rushing me, all right? I, I've, oh been in contact, I've been in contact with the sponsorship people. Uh, we actually talked, the last mm-hmm. discussion we had, we talked about T-shirts, and I'm thinking about four colors. All right. We're going to do, do red. We're going to do black like this one. We're going to do a creamsicle orange. Ooh. And we're going to do like a heathered gray. Ooh. Yeah, it'll have the CFP logo right there on the shirt. They're not going to be all extra like the old ones we have. I think these ones, you know, the simpler, the better. So uh, this is going to be something like that out here soon. This is the first time I'm here, even hearing about this. Yeah, folks, there you go. So breaking news. Some, uh, some hey, well, listen, stuff. listen, R- Rappaport gets you the scoops. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, <Quack>. when... <laughs> Thank um, you, Kevin. It... No, no. I'm about to kick, not let Kevin back in the stream. Um, He's a moderator. You can't do that. I... <laughs> wow. There's got to be some rules for moderators. Then. Uh, if, you, if you had to cut a wide receiver or trade, who would it be? I say AB, but what's your take? Well, AB's not on the team, so. Yeah. Um, I'd keep the group because if you're gonna say AP, let's just keep this group. Um, uh, when you were a top artist year from the 2010s, go get big money, kick out of the league, then come back. You're gonna want money because that's what you're kind of used to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody wants money. Every everybody wants money. So I, you know, he doesn't want to play for free. That's for sure. He, he, he wants to win. I mean, and he I mean, didn't put out a song with Rick Ross called "Not a Lot of Money." You know, so it's whole lot of money. Got a whole. That's a jammer, by the way. Just letting you all oh, yeah, know. Yeah, it is. I threw it up on um, the story today, and I was listening to it <laughs> a lot longer than I should have been. That's a it's a good song. I don't understand the Rick the Ross remix is. is good. The the one that he put out originally, I didn't like, but I like Rick Ross's verse. <laughs> um, the only threat in the NFC South. All right, uh, you sound like the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> 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 um, I like their offense with Donald and Teddy. Seventeen, oh, that's the spirit, Dalton. Uh, Evan growing that stash again. I see. Nice. Yeah, you, you recognize it. Game recognizes game. That's what that that is. That's what that is. Uh, thank you, Nestor. Appreciate it. Well, cut a wide receiver other than AB. Uh, Justin Watson. Let's do that. One. I'm not cutting a good wide receiver. I know you're you're trying to bait me into that, and I'm not doing it. So, Justin let me, Watson. Let me ask goodbye. Off the wall question because it hasn't been talked about. And listen, we like to bring uh, the best content we can here on CFP. So let's cover all of our bases. Since the last time we talked, the Buccaneers don't have Ryan Smith anymore. The last guy oh, from right. that that 2016 draft class is officially gone. The uh, the worst draft class in Bucks history. Um, might be because I mean, if you think about it, like n- none of them. Ryan Smith is the only one that even made it to his fi- the end of his rookie contract. I mean, he did get a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, so he yeah, definitely... but that's his... he was a fourth round pick. 
Yeah, he was like a they, you know, they picked the kicker five and a special they, team base. They picked the kicker, like, <laughs> like you know, they it might it might it might be because if you think about it, no, Ryan Smith was the only one that made it to the end of his rookie contract. All the other ones were released before the rookie yeah. deal was up. That's terrible. It, it that really is, is ter- I don't know what happened to Jason Light after that draft, but he transformed into like some superhuman. Uh, because the next draft he landed OG Howard, Chris Godwin. And I mean, even like Justin Evans and Kendall Beckwith, two promising guys. And it just obviously didn't work out because, you know, of, of reasons with injuries and stuff. But, um, and then later on, then he drafted, you know, Vita Vea and Jordan Whitehead and Carlton Davis and, you know, and Ronald Jones and then Vita Vea. And, uh, you know, I already named you today, didn't I? Uh, Devin White. Well, he Chalmers takes up that Munson. much space, so you might as well yeah, name him twice. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened to Jason Light after that draft, but <laughs> my God. Um, TB Buccaneers 21 says, what's good, boys? How you doing, my friend? Hey, so I, I brought doing? up Ryan Smith because, listen, if we have to nitpick an area where this Bucks team needs some help, I don't think we should be afraid to say that it's probably on special teams because there were more than a few returns taken a little bit farther than they should have. Now, I don't think he's that big of a force on, like, kickoff returns, but, you know, how big of a uh, hole does Ryan Smith leave on that special teams unit? Yeah, well, he's not as big a force on kickoff returns because everybody seems to just kick it out of the end zone now. Like, yeah, nobody right? seems to actually, like, return it. Um, so I do think it's, it's definitely valuable because special teams has been so bad in Tampa for so long. That like it's you know it's finally been like Ryan Suckup finally stabilizes the kicking position and that same year they win the Super Bowl like um, coincidence no like if they if they had Roberto Aguayo they probably make the playoffs it was still a good team but they don't win the Super Bowl um, so yeah, special teams matter and they will always matter so I think that's important now you said that's one of the concerns so Ryan Smith was a cornerback the the Bucks yeah. have nothing behind. Carlton Davis, you know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamal Dean. Like they, they have nothing behind those guys. Herb like Miller. Cockrell and, and maybe Herb, that's it. Herb, well, Ross Cockrell is a free agent. He's not on a contract. Oh, yeah, I know you're so, right. And they have not brought uh, him back. Herb Miller. Like, yay. Herb, let's go Herb <laughs> Miller. Like, love, love you, Herb. Like, love you. And nothing against you as a dude. But, like, is you in my fourth corner? No, thanks. Like, for a playoff contending, Super Bowl contending team, like, come on. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it they they need to bring back Cockrell, like they, they do. It's it's simple enough. He's still out there. He's not going to cost you. No, he he stepped just, up just when bring he him needed back. to, and he's a guy that we've talked about here on the show before. He actually played actual cornerback, and Ryan Smith then rarely played actual cornerback. Yeah, Ryan year. Ryan Smith was your guy that you brought in when everybody else was injured. I know, and we when, saw he, that a bit, uh, when he when he when he. Yeah, the Jacksonville game. I remember he yeah. got targeted by Gardner Minshew that whole time in the Jacksonville game. They yeah. almost lost that. Um, he yeah, he's not a great corner. And uh, Chargers fans asked me, you know, what are you getting in him? I said, if if you want a corner, they, you know, he's not going to solve any issues. But he, he's a really good special team, Jason. I'm actually a little surprised that the Buccaneers did not bring him back because I believe yeah. it is the same amount of money that he made last year. So um, maybe he just wanted to move on, get a bigger role. Maybe yeah, he only, that's what he it only signed like. for what, like three and a half mil? Less than that. It was like 1.5 or something. Oh, man. Um, uh, we need to draft some short tacklers and late rounds for special teams. Yeah, a lot of it is poor tackling. Um, can we acknowledge that Light built his roster from scratch with the exception of three guys? Yeah, he did. I mean, that's what yeah. when you take over a bad team, like like he did, like that's what you gotta do, you know. And he, it's, I mean, the casual argument, you know, for people who try and discredit Jason Light and what the Bucks were able to do in 2020 is. You know, oh, they they bought a Super Bowl. They got Brady and they right. got all these players. Listen, dude, look at the depth chart. Look at the roster. It, it, that's just that's what it boils down to. All you got to do is look at something beyond the surface level and you'll realize that Jason Light did a really good job building this team. Uh, Frank G in the conversation of cornerbacks, you know, some cheaper guys, some younger guys. A guy that we were really high on at one time was Parnell Motley. And I remember he was impressing all throughout training camp. Um you know, he, he was looking pretty good for this team. And I don't remember. I think he ended up in San Francisco at the start of the season, right? Yes, but now I believe he's with Denver. So do you think he's a guy maybe they extend the olive branch to? Because he's not anyone that I would mind having back. I think he's still with Denver. So oh. 
Yeah. Okay. Never, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Good I said anything, um, I guess. But yeah, he I think he was waived by San Francisco and then Denver picked him up. So I think he's yeah. he's still with Denver right now. So Well wouldn't um, he only I mean, since he was picked up, wouldn't he only be in contract through the end of the year? Like isn't he technically a free agent or no? I don't think he's a free agent right now. No. It's, okay. it's, it says here, December 16, 2020, Motley was signed by a Denver Broncos off the 49ers practice squad. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to just keep somebody if he's an earned rights free agent or something like that. Right. Um, so, or exclusive rights free agent, whatever it is. So, it's pretty easy to, to keep a guy like that. Um, so, yes, he did. He did get some snaps as a Denver in Denver as a starting cornerback towards the end of the year. Um, actually played decent. It didn't do bad. I mean, obviously, he's going to be pretty much buried on that depth chart now since they got some corner help. But, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, he he wouldn't have been a bad option. A lot and a lot of us were actually questioning when they cut Parnell Motley, or I mean, technically, I, well, yeah, they they cut him. I hope to clear waivers, and he didn't. Um, and they signed Ross Cockrell, and we were like, yeah, Cockrell's a solid piece, but man, you're losing Motley, and he's a pretty good player. Turns out. You know, we're, you know, we're not as smart as them, I guess. That's why we don't get paid as much. <laughs> so what else is on your mind as far as uh, Jason Light, Bruce mm. Arians kind of talking to the media last week? We'll start to wrap well, things up here, but I, I know I there's a couple a, of other I have a, points. I got a source that says Jason Light will not draft a kicker. Yeah. yeah my my source is the... my source is very close with Jason Light. Some would say that it came from the horse's mouth. Wow! Uh, I won't. I'm not going to say anything, dude. But listen, I, at the end of the day, I have to commend Jason Light for more than building this roster. The guy he's is funny. A, he is a professional troll. Okay, like he he, he is, knows when he screws up. He 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 admits when he screws up. He talks about it, obviously. But it's just so funny to me, like, how much fun he seems to have on Twitter because he seems like he's petty as hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, he knows he knows when to admit that he screwed up, but he knows when to give himself credit, pound himself on the chest a little bit. But, like, dude, he just messes with people, and I think he really knows how to get a rise out of this fan base because I remember, you know, remember when he talked about how Blaine Gabbert could be the successor to Tom Brady? Like 110% Jason Light is just messing with you, right? <laughs> and I think he knows that. Obviously, he's not going to go out of his way to tell Blaine Gabbert something like that. But I think if you pick up on that sense of humor, it's a little bit implied. But I think after so many years of being in Tampa and seeing the rise that he's able to get out of Tampa Bay fans, he's he's developed a little bit of a troll personality. And listen, it's it's funny as hell. Well, has that has that screwed Jason Light though? Because Blaine Gabbert sees that and he's like, "Oh, give me give me starter money then." And that's why he's not signed. So, so do they <laughs> yeah. not have a quarterback? Yeah. Because so he, he won't said sign he was Blaine Gabbert, and then Blaine Gabbert will go get bozo bucks from somebody else, right? They it, New right. York's actually not even going to draft a uh, draft a quarterback. They're going to go ahead and trade that pick, and then they're going to take Blaine Gabbert and pay him thirty mil a year. I don't know. Daniel Jones ain't looking too good. Maybe it's the other New York team. Oh, that's, um, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember a time, maybe in early 2019, when Jason Light was being accused of having a Jameis Burner account. Oh, well, dude. Because a particular, uh, a particular account on Twitter, which will never be named on this podcast, um, he'll he'll find it, it's this funny. Clip and he, he'll post he, it on Twitter anyway. He just... he did an interview, and <laughs> it's funny that yeah, like he legit sounds a little like Jason. Like I'm not gonna lie, like. Well, they, he sounds a little bit like him. Our guys at uh, Shooter in the Stash, they do a lot of like Tampa sports animation, and anytime they have Jason Light in a speaking role, they just get him to do it, and it's it's right. pretty it's pretty good, man. But I, I remember it got well, he was talking with Big Cat. Right? It, it got all that attention because he was talking with Big Cat. I think they had him on uh, the daytime show he does. It wasn't part of my take. It was the was it the Yak, the radio show that he did on Sirius. Might I have think, been. I think was what it was. But um, yeah, they had him on there, and then that's when this whole theory just. <sighs> got blown to hell um i think it was another podcast that came up with it first but that was i mean that was a fun time i guess <laughs> yeah yeah that was it was it was something it was so i actually forgot about that that people there was people that legit thought it was jason oh Lee. yeah oh yeah i, I remember people if, spent... if it was jason like why would he ever take an interview that would sound like him why would he ever do that like come on <laughs> 
there's some stupid people out there. He, I don't I, I know remember if anybody. They actually stupid. confirmed it. I don't remember what show. It might have been that show with Barstool, but I remember they pulled Jason Light up. They they, they, they had they they had Jason Light sitting yeah. there, and they had on, uh, on the video Twitter conference, account talking. And they had the guy on the phone and yeah. like waving at him and stuff. Yeah, that was yeah. a fun time. Listen, listen, you you know, you don't have to be a fan of this team for a super long time, but if you can remember stuff like that, you're you're one of the real ones because that's when Tampa Bay was relevant for all the wrong reasons. 2019 right. was a uh, was an interesting year because it it felt like with Bruce Arians coming to town, we started to really get some traction. Maybe things are turning around, and then the season played out the way that it did, and the Bucks were remembered for a lot of the wrong things. But there's some good, you know, Bucks Twitter moments throughout. There's some funny stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bucks Bucks Twitter is like, I don't know. I might get some hate for this, but I think it's one of the worst places to be. Sometimes, I mean, it is, dude. Yeah, it, it's uh. There's sometimes after some moments, I'm like, I'm, I don't even want to touch this phone. Like I don't even want to, don't even want to deal with it. I'll just, uh, uh, I was, I was gonna mute the word bucks. I was gonna mute the word, mute all those words. Oh, man. Let it be because there's sometimes, bro. I'm not this year as much, but like there's been times I'm like, uh, the the endings, the games. I'm like, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> like uh, you, I do not. This is gonna be a long week. Bucks Twitter at the end of the day, and and this will kind of put a bow on it as we wrap up the show this evening, but. Buck's Twitter is a beautiful cesspool of personalities, right? Egos, yeah. Legitimate analysts and great journalists yeah. who do a really good job. I got to tell you, you know, as insufferable as Buck's Twitter can be, uh, the beat. There's writers, actually some good ones. The, yeah. the Greg Almonds, the Jenna Lanes, the Rick right. Strouds. Those guys do a great job, and Pewter I look forward to their content. Pewter Report, yeah. of course, we talk about them all the time. But it's just, I don't know, man. If you're not on Twitter. And uh, you like your news and you like it fast. It's a good place to be. But if you're into anything else beyond the fan level, just buckle up. It can be a lot of fun, but it's Twitter. <laughs> it is right. the Internet. And you got to remember that at the end of the day. Taking one last look at the live chat here. Our buddy Kevin bringing us home. Frank G. Ben Leeper still hanging out with us. Thank you guys so much. I think our guy Dalton's still in here. Ladies and gentlemen. I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out live on YouTube this evening for episode 177. And if you're listening after the stream on any of our uh, podcast outlets, we appreciate you over there as well. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Leave comments on videos. We upload a lot of great stuff this week. Not only do we have the podcast rolling out, but I uploaded a, a Tom Brady hype video. Rocco says... Rocco says, "What's up?" Oh, is that Rocco from Boston? I think it is. I don't, maybe uh, is it Rocco Sharp? I, I I think that's Rocco. Rocco from Boston. from Boston. We haven't done a call-in show in a while. We haven't. Remember I, I gotta that. I gotta kind of so so the reason we haven't. I guess we'll peel back the curtain here a little bit. Is uh whenever we do call-in shows, we use Skype, and lately we've been doing Zoom. Now Zoom yeah. has a lot better audio quality for the show on your end, but Skype has the call-in feature. And, uh, you know, we're still kind of paying for it. So we could probably just got to make that sacrifice. Yeah, we could, yeah, we could probably roll back a couple of episodes of the call in show. It'll be back. Do not worry. But I got to tell you, I've been having a lot of fun with these live shows the regular way that we've been doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Rocco um, football's had me busy. Now, when you say football, do you mean like soccer or actual football? No, it's like, April. So he's probably he's probably in the weight room about this time. Uh, of year. He's he's gearing up, baby. Yeah, they're getting ready. He's, he's for, trying uh, to get ready for the spring game. Try, trying to make that bread padded practice coming back around. He's trying to make that bread. He's trying to he's trying to wreck fools. Hell yeah. Go get it, Rocco. Thanks for checking us out, buddy. Hopefully you can catch the replay once this is done. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram with over 30,000 oh. followers. What's up? Real quick, it's an actual football season because football season got pushed to spring because oh. of COVID. So good luck to you. Yeah, there you go. Go kick ass, Rocco. Hell yeah, buddy. Um, follow the show on social media. I just said that you can find Evan on Instagram. Find him on Twitter at Evan NFL, where he's talking a lot about the Phillies lately. That team that's yet to lose, huh? Let's go. Let's go, Phils. The Fightins. The Fightins. Let's go. <laughs> Last but not least, you can follow myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus R H E T T A K U S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Well. 
that'll do it for us. I think we've just about covered our bases. Thank you again to everybody who tuned into the live stream tonight. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe to the channel and check us out for more great Buccaneer content. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish. And until next time, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.